0: come out to a beautiful place and they're just building and building and building and you you have to get your head together to keep up with them and and the progress and the the speed they get, the, the determination, the smiles on their faces and after you do that a couple times, you can't stay at home.
1: This is the Adventure Sports Podcast, brought to you by 180 TAC. Get out there and have some fun. Hello and welcome to the Adventure Sports Podcast. This is your host, Kurt Linville. Today we have an expert in coaching. Adaptive sports. Some of you may be familiar with the Paralympics. Well, today we have Greg Rawlings with us, and Greg was the head coach of the U.S. ski team for Paralympics for cross country and biathlons for four years, and then he worked an additional four years with contract coaching. So we're really excited to have Greg here to explain more to us about the Paralympics and what that's all about. Greg grew up in Steamboat, Colorado, Grew up skiing, doing alpine racing. When he got to college, he raced for a couple of different colleges, alpine. But he found his true love when he tried cross-country racing. Greg went to Durango, to Fort Lewis. He went to Western Washington and to Montana State in Bozeman. And now he lives back in Steamboat with his three kids. Greg, welcome very much to the program.
0: Well, thanks for having me on.
1: Greg, I gave a brief sketch of who you are, but will you tell us more about yourself and a little bit of your history working in the Paralympics?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So growing up in Steamboat Springs, uh, it's called Ski Town, USA, and it's, it's this little, little hamlet at the side of the mountains. We've got skiing and kayaking and mountain biking and running and swimming in the hot springs and all kinds of fun stuff. So I just kind of got hooked and became an alpine ski racer was, I guess, my my number one love through the years. And so when I went off to look at schools to go to, I obviously looked at the ski areas to see how good the skiing was. And uh, Durango, Colorado, had pretty there as well as all the gorgeous mountains, Coalbank Pass and Mullis Pass and all the Red Mountain Pass, amazing skiing. So I picked that out. And being a broke college kid, as we all are, when we go off to that adventure, I couldn't afford to ski at purgatory. And I looked around, and one of my suite mates, Ethan, had said, oh, go check out this program It's adaptive sports. And so for every day that you coach, they'll give you a, a ticket, or maybe it was a half a day of coaching, they give you a ticket. Well, I went to a summer program, and we did a couple things. But once winter rolled around, they had a lot of, a lot of different options. We coached, uh, developmentally disabled, uh, visually impaired, um, deaf, um, you know, missing pieces, uh, missing arms, legs, uh, paralyzed folks, all kinds of shapes and sizes. And I just really, really enjoyed it. It was, uh, so much fun that I would go up and, and coach these athletes and forget that I had free tickets. So, I'd go up to go skiing, to go free skiing, and I'd go stop by to pick up my free voucher. And instead, I'd pick up another athlete and ski with the athlete all day instead. Nice. Because it was just so awesome.
1: Oh, that's cool. You know, Greg, you mentioned before we started recording here that working with um, these people with physical disabilities brought a new joy to skiing for you. Explain how that worked.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, in, so in college, one of my greatest experiences my roommate his his cousin john had lost a leg to leukemia in high school An amazing basketball player in the local program and luckily you know during they had that amazing program locally that he started skiing well i figured oh i'll go ski with them. should be easy well it was easy uh on me physically they said well you need to use one leg when you ski with me so that was <laughs> relatively easy 'Cause every run I'd swap left leg and then I'd swap the ski to the right leg and growing up alpine racing that was fine. Then he changed the rules on me. Okay, you need to ski till lunch on your left leg. Ski till they close on your right leg. And uh, he used to drive us down and I would sleep because it was unbelievable. But my my skill level in skiing, I don't know how many days we skied together, but my skill level increased so much because I had to do the powder runs, the bump runs, the cruisers, the traverses, whatever, with one leg. And it was, it was a great gift he gave me in improving my skiing by me coaching him.
1: Oh, that's cool. Well, you've spent a lot of years now working with adaptive sports and with the Paralympics. Why would you encourage people to either participate with these adaptive sports or to work as a coach in adaptive sports?
0: Well, the, you know, and and we, so we're talking a little bit about adaptive sports. And so that people know, um, adaptive sports and Paralympic sports, uh, it's it's a little different than Special Olympics. Special Olympics is developmentally disabled, adaptive sports, uh, either paralyzed or, or missing parts of their legs, parts of their arms, hands, et cetera, or visually impaired. And when I was in elementary school, they had the first winner. Special Olympics in town, or I think that it was in, in the world. It was in town. And my mom uh, decided we would host some athletes at our house. And so we had some Special Olympic athletes at our house. And they found so much joy in just a snowflake flying out of the sky. And it was it was just amazing how much they just loved every moment. And so going to college, it, it seemed really neat to, to do that again. But then with some of the folks who had lost legs to um, cancers or accidents or whatnot. I saw that other element, and I also saw how physically demanding it was and how uh, I I could help them to accelerate that. Uh, John, we used to take turns pulling him up the hills on the road bikes, and he was a massive guy with this huge trunk of a leg, and we would take turns rotating on his wheel trying to get to town without him dropping us. And so when it came to skiing, I'd spent so much time getting faster and, and, and growing. It was it's just so much fun to be able to help them do more and go faster. Uh, so kind of selfishly, I got involved because I just felt good about myself uh, using my skills and, and the learning curve. It's so quick with the adaptive athletes. Many of them have were amazing athletes, kind of okay athletes. They'd done some sports. They'd heard about sports before their accident um, or their illness. And so uh, some, of, some of the athletes, they come back from wars. Um, unfortunately, in Paralympics, we get a lot of our athletes from wars. And these people, they, um, you know, these, these folks, they'll go through the accident or the illness, and then they'll go through rehab and physical therapy and, and all this stuff. And it's just build, 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 build. And then we get them come out to a beautiful place and they're just building and building and building. And you, you have to get your ha- head together to keep up with them and, and the progress and the and the uh, the speed they get, the, the determination, the smiles on their faces. And after you do that a couple of times, you can't stay at home. It's just... It, It's amazing. Um, When I got reintroduced to Paralympic sports, I was coaching cross-country and biathlon in northern Maine, and we hosted the world championships. And so hundreds of athletes came to town, the best in the world, and the Chinese showed up without guides. Well, they had a gal, and uh, she showed up without a guide. They called me on the cell phone out on the course. Hey, can you guide until we find a guide for this athlete? After a kilometer, I said, I've quit all, I've canceled all my appointments this week. I'm going to guide. So at the time, my mom was studying Chinese. She taught me five words. So uh, she knew one word, stop. And between these six words, we went from last place to fourth place over four races. Very
1: cool. And
0: oh, amazing. And it, it brought the public in, it brought kids in that had disabilities that didn't know that the sport was available and it brought the whole community together it was amazing to be involved with with that
1: it sounds like a very rewarding experience for both you and the participants
0: absolutely
1: very cool well tell us a story if you would about an amazing experience that really hooked you on working with the uh, the physically challenged
0: oh man i you know i I think that working with, you know, I know working with John in college, It um, this was a big guy, tough guy, you know, and just to to know what he'd been through and to know that he didn't hold on to it and that it was all about, okay, when's the next bike ride? When's the next powder? Uh, when's it going to dump? And it, I think that was amazing to see how this big thing that had happened to him wasn't the biggest thing that happened to him. It was the next adventure. It was that current moment. Um, So I think that was an amazing thing for me. Um, And I think that there was the big, there was the big switch in me when I was guiding um, this gal around the course and we didn't speak the same language um, verbally. I, we had never worked together they said, ready, go. And we had two bibs on, but since we had this, we had this communication of knowing and loving the same sport, we were able to just become this, this one organism traveling around the course going really fast. Cause I was in really good shape back then. And she would, I'd be lying on the ground at the finish.
1: She would <laughs> right work <on>. me over <laughs>
0: and, um, You know, years later, uh, guiding all these different athletes, I I think all of these different experiences, each of these single moments uh, are amazing. Uh, it's, It's hard to say. And then there are the moments where my children have been guiding visually impaired athletes, and I go along, and I get to see my kids, and their smiles just explode out of their faces because they have a person following them, trusting them, to keep them clear of harm's way, skiing 36 miles in or down an alpine hill or up a up a mountain. Um, so yeah, that that's a difficult question, but there are a lot of answers for that.
1: Well, I think you did a great job of giving us a taste of that. If you would, will you tell us a little bit about the Paralympics? Um, I think that not as many people really know what that's about as ought to. So fill us in.
0: Yeah, the Paralympics. Um, it started in Britain. I think they were basically playing basketball. A bunch of the military folks that had, you know, lost lost parts of their body, and there's a pretty competitive league. And so they talked with the Olympics and said, "Hey, can we go parallel with you?" So fast forward to today, every Olympic venue or every Olympic host city, a couple of weeks later, has a Paralympics game, and what it is, the same race courses same hockey arena, same, um, stadiums, uh, host these events to the world's best. And, and they are unbelievable. They are absolutely the world's best. They, they work hard. They go really fast. Um, many of my athletes, if I go out and train with them, uh, if they are a Sitski athlete and only using their arms, I can't keep up with them. They're that good. And they don't always win. But the Paralympics, it's parallel to the Olympics. It's the world's best. We have, uh, it's actually the Fun Olympics because the stadiums are full. The crowds are screaming. Uh, in Sochi, they had sold out stadiums for almost all our events. At the Olympic Games, they were partially full stands.
1: Mm-hmm. Everybody
0: knows somebody that's been hurt, is visually impaired, has, um you know, suffered an illness that has um, left, left them disabled or adaptive. And uh, it's a huge party. Uh, one of the athletes that I'm fortunate to work with, he's on his fourth round of uh, cancer and he's beat it every time. He's got some medals from curling at the Olympics. He took up cross country and biathlon. He's one of the best in the world. He's, he's a worker. He's got one, one leg. Uh, he weighs a lot more than some of the other athletes because they have zero legs, some of them in his category. Um, but he, his, his goal is to live and you're around him and you live. And uh, across the board, the, the Swedes, the Russians, the Norwegians, the the French, the Japanese, it, it's an amazing family of people and we all look out for each other and, it's a huge battle and takes a lot of effort to, to win. But in the end, there are hundreds or thousands of winners instead of just that one gold medal.
1: Oh yeah. No doubt about it. Amazing athletes, amazing athletes. Uh, some of our
0: athletes, uh, have come from rowing where they have summer game, uh, medals for rowing, uh, wheelchair racers, uh, curling. Um, I'm trying to think who else we have mountain bikers, uh, rock climbers there. Uh, one, one of the athletes before my time, he did the Ironman and he, if he could see you when he got out of the water, he would beat you. And I, I remember looking through Ironman results and he's up there in the top, the top hundred, at least maybe top 30.
1: Hmm. He's got one arm wow. so he's
0: swimming, biking and running. And if, if he's running behind you, you might as well just, uh, find a scooter or a bicycle if you want to stand in front of him. <laughs> so, and, and he's not the only one. He didn't win every race. They're amazing athletes across the board. And, uh, and in saying that, too, Paralympics encompasses a ton of sports, track and field, uh, rowing, sailing, oh, curling, hockey. Um, I'm trying to think some of them real quickly. Uh, but uh, basketball is amazing to watch uh, volleyball. Uh, there, there are a lot of events. Uh, one of our, one of our top Alpine athletes, she, uh, has won a gold medals in basketball as well as Alpine skiing. Now she's in rowing. Um, and, uh, these are, you know, these are people that they get together and the whole group gets faster, including the coaches.
1: Oh, that's and cool. Pretty,
0: pretty awesome. And they, and they love to bring people in and put them under their wing. Um, the kids that show up at these events, the adults that show up, the wounded warriors that show up. Uh, Nobody's left out. They're all brought up to the next level.
1: Outdoor Pursuits is the adventure hub of Fort Lewis College. This comprehensive collegiate outdoor program not only offers an extensive outdoor equipment co-op that provides everything from tents to kayaks and ski gear to mountain bikes, but also offers a varied trip calendar that includes both instructional and recreational outings from climbing some of the world's highest peaks to enjoying Durango's amazing hiking and mountain biking trails. Our experienced and friendly staff are always up for an adventure and are a great resource for those planning their own outings. Visit the Fort Lewis College website for more information on what outdoor pursuits is all about. And remember, adventure is not in the guidebook and beauty is not on the map.
2: Hello, race fans. Eric Risen here from YOLO Racing. We are a group of firefighters and friends who compete in the Baja 1000, the toughest off-road race in the world. Every year we do race, we go down and through our charities Firefighters Without Borders and Vancouver Firefighters Charitable Society, we make donations to needy communities down the Baja through firefighting equipment such as Jaws of Life. Last year we attempted to donate a completely outfitted pumper truck to a very needy town in La Mission. The truck has made it all the way down to San Diego and is waiting at the border. We are in desperate need of some more sponsorship money to get this vehicle across the border for brokerage fees. We do not have the funds to uh, finalize the transition into there. And the community that is expecting the fire truck is technically unprotected from any catastrophic event, such as a wildfire. And we, we, I can't tell you enough how urgent it is to get this vehicle across. We are doing fundraising up here uh, through our Facebook page, through our website. We will be doing a couple other events, but however long it takes us means that's going to be a delay in getting that vehicle across. So if we can raise that money instantly, that vehicle will be donated instantly. So if you can, please help us look for the donation page on our website or our Facebook page. And that's YOLORacing.com or YOLORacing Facebook page. Thank you very much for all your consideration and support. We appreciate it.
1: Well, if our listeners want to get involved with the Paralympics, maybe they have a physical disability themselves, or maybe there's someone who just wants to participate on some level working with these people. What advice do you have for them?
0: I think my advice is get out there and give it a try. It's, you know, the first three steps, the first three turns of the wheelchair wheel, that's the hardest part in adventure sports. Um, if, if you go camping, you will go running. If you go biking, if you go uh, wheelchair basketball, it's those first three turns, the first three steps, the first, you know, couple blocks of a run to get rolling. There are a lot of local programs or a lot of, uh county programs state programs and national programs and so getting hooked in with the people that have done it uh that's the way to that's the way to do it there are many able body olympians that just focus on paralympics now uh because it's just so much fun and i don't know that it really matters which sport they do cuz through it they'll figure out what's fun locally they have a program and they do skiing and equestrian and then they also do this thing where they do water skiing and so we get all these people that come in they might not water ski again but they're going to come back when it's frozen and go skiing and maybe the downhill part is a little scary so they're going to go uphill and do cross country and the people that are attracted to the sport whether they're athletes alumni athletes coaches volunteers parents they're unbelievable folks that just, it's amazing. Uh, one of the local programs here in town, uh, they'll have one teacher and they'll have a few volunteers that just want to be part of it. And it's its a neat thing. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing family. And as people start pushing themselves, it's even better because then you start throwing in the international coaches and the international athletes and support staff. And there's so many amazing stories and and good times and good giggling. And stop thinking about what you don't have and start thinking about what you do have and the sun shining and the rain pouring on you while you're sweating.
1: Wow. Living life.
0: So living life, yeah.
1: Very cool. Well, hey, share with us a story about a challenging experience, maybe a time that things didn't go right.
0: Hmm. Let's see. Well, I think I think some of the challenging times are when when there's uh, something that goes wrong with the body or with the equipment. And, uh, you know, there, there are times when we as volunteers or coaches or parents, we don't always know all the answers for our athletes. And, and sometimes we're not doing the right thing, and maybe we don't listen properly because that's the way we did the sport, and so that must be the way it's done. Uh, we had an athlete – Years ago, amazing athlete, super, super human being. And we went to the hot springs. It comes off the mountain, it pours into these pools and it mixes, and the river comes in as well. And the further down the pools you get, the cooler it gets because more river flows in. Well, he was up at the top and he has basically feeling from his nipples down. When we went to leave, he had uh, third degree burns on his legs. Oh, no. And so we didn't know because he can't feel he was sitting balanced in the same position the whole time. And all, whether it was athletes or staff or family, whoever was hanging around, they're moving and grooving and shaking and mixing the water. And so that that was a hard lesson. It took him out of the, for a few months. And there are some major health things that, that we learned about. And he, he learned about through that experience. Um, and, he was like, yeah, it's, that's part of the deal. He had uh, been paralyzed from um, dropping off a cliff and landing improperly as a kid. And he is now one of the, the top kayakers on the planet. Uh, Discovery Channel did a program, and he was the safety paddler. And the Discovery crew showed up, like, oh, who's this guy? And the other paddler said, that's our safety guy. They're like, well, he's in a chair. Yeah, but he's one of the best in the world,
1: oh, that's and great. he's
0: going to pull us out when it gets really gnarly. And they they went through China on an uncharted river, and he's you know, and these people across the board are like that. One of my athletes, he uh, lives up in Bozeman, and he goes off the biggest cliffs in the world on these monoskis, alpine skiing, and he has feeling from above his chest up, hmm. um, and he. In his brain, he knows he can do it, so he does it. And uh, I'm trying to think, you know. And the hard days are when you know people, I guess they they don't. There's some kind of thing that is out of their control. Um, but the hard days in Paralympics aren't as hard as they are in able-bodied sports, I don't think, because they can switch quicker. They know that the world is has its has its hurdles. But for some reason, they hurdle quicker because they have to, because the day goes on and it's a lot better to be doing stuff than to be not doing stuff.
1: You know, it sounds like they've already learned a very important life lesson that overcoming leads to living more life. There's so many of us that get beaten down and we haven't learned yet how to overcome and and to continue to smile and and thrive.
0: Absolutely. And I think that's a big part of what Paralympics is. I know with the military a lot of the folks unfortunately they get on the wrong side of the you know the incursions they get into or whatever they they come back home um a different person than they they left as and so they have amazing program wounded warrior and Semper Fi gets in there as well and they'll they'll say all right i know that you know this happened to you however we're going to take you over here we're going to sit on the side of the mountain we're going to give you this you know, nice place you can go with your family on this vacation. And we're going to try a couple of sports. And, okay, well, but I'm from the desert. I don't like cold. I, you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. And by the end of the week, they're booking another trip because they can. And they see we'll have alumni athletes go and just show them how easy it is. And they'll say, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I was in Afghanistan three years ago. What? How's that possible? And the spark that turns them around is amazing. And there's there's currently there's really good funding for military. And so instead of coming back and being a couch potato and going, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened to me. They're like, oh, my God, look at the opportunity. I can go to, you know, Park City for a training camp and go race in Germany. And then I might be in Rio for the Olympics and for the Paralympics soon. And wow, there's a fundraiser in Vail and I can do um, motivational speaking in Atlanta to Coca-Cola. You know, it's the people that open up their eyes and they look at what's available. There's so much available. It's it's really amazing, be it equipment to get out there, be it amazing coaching that you can go to or coaching that will come to you. Um, and then also you get to hang out with the, the Michael Jordans of the sport, you'll go to a camp and the best in the world is right there with you, having dinner with you. And they may have not been the Michael Jordan of that sport five years ago. They may have just been, you know, some guy back, backpacking that learned that they had cancer. Right. So it's, it's the, the opportunity for Paralympics, I think, exceeds able-bodied sports.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, what about tips or tricks for learning a sport? If you have some sort of a disability, what would you recommend?
0: I think tips, or, tips or tricks is basically be creative.
1: Uh, I know a lot of times the the
0: athlete or the 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 person with the disability might not jump into it right away, and so you got to be creative. I know that with some of our junior athletes. Uh, we'll, we'll get them out there in a sit-ski, and we'll put them in there. We'll hand them a couple of ski poles and say, you're going to you're gonna double pole from here to that fence over there. Not super fun. That's a lot of work. It might be uphill. It might be cold. It might be snowing. You know, they might have an itch or need to go to the bathroom. Well, we pop mom and dad or aunts and uncles or brothers or sisters in a sit-ski next to them, and we have them race. And the athlete, they're used to pushing a chair, um they're so much more developed um with their muscles than their brother, who you know is used to walking around and not using their arms for anything, and they dust them and it becomes really fun to watch mom and dad get cooked by you know their son or daughter um and then on the visually impaired side, same deal put a blindfold on um dad who's an excellent skier and he goes out with his daughter, who is brand new to skiing. She already knows Braille of how to feel the world. Well, Dad, he just is an excellent skier, probably visually, maybe auditorially. But put a blindfold on him and have you know them ski side by side with guides. The daughter is going to smoke him, and it just it brings the family together. It gives them a common um, a common story around you know. The fireplace at the end of the day, it gives them a challenge. Uh, and I think creativity is the deal, whether it's a skateboard and have them double pull on a skateboard, um, get out of the comfort zone and, and just do stuff. Every sport that's been invented, you can do adaptive. We've got snowboarding in the Paralympics now, and they throw tricks. Um, they they can do it with a fake leg and their pants halfway down their waist. It's impressive. and uh you know this if you if you get creative it's super fun
1: that's cool This episode of the Adventure Sports Podcast is brought to you by 180TAC.com. 180TAC manufactures premier backpacking and emergency products. Whether you need a backpacking stove for your week-long trek on the trail or an emergency stove for your bug-out bag, we have the tools you need. Visit www.180TAC.com. Colorado Mountain Club members get the most out of the Colorado summers. We summit 14ers, enjoy relaxing fly fishing excursions, climb thousand foot rock faces, backpack through wilderness areas, explore the culture of Europe, raft through the Grand Canyon, and so much more. The Colorado Mountain Club teaches you the skills you need to safely maximize living in such an awesome outdoor playground, as well as connects you to thousands of other adventure-loving mountaineers. Founded in 1912, the Colorado Mountain Club acts as a gateway to the mountains for novices and experts alike. It's the perfect time to sign up for a membership. For more information, go to cmc.org. That's cmc.org. Well, what about getting involved in the Paralympics or the adaptive sports? Do you have any uh, special opportunities or recommendations, ways that might make but, it more affordable for people?
0: Yeah, I think the best way is probably contact the U.S. Olympic Committee U.S. Paralympics, and every sport has a contact person. U.S. Paralympics is the governing body for the majority of the sports. Of course, there there's some of the sports that aren't represented, but U S Paralympics kind of has their thumb on the heartbeat of all the sports. And so they'll say, Oh, you live in New Hampshire. You need to call, um, this program. They have, um, summer sports. They've got winter sports. They also have indoor, they have outdoor sports. Um, they might have camps and they try a lot of different sports and say, Oh, you know, yet in, in your neck of the woods, you know, since you don't live near any water, sailing might not be an option, but hand cycling, there's a team that trains, you know, 10 miles away. So that's a good way of doing it. Um, you know, sometimes in this day and age, if you Google adaptive sports or Paralympic sports, it'll, it'll lead you to one thing, to the next thing. Facebook, there are all kinds of groups on Facebook, all these various sports, and you just go out and try them. Uh, one of the funniest things, one of the biggest giggly moments of my life was doing sledge hockey in uh, Park City. We had a camp, and they said, oh, we're going to do sledge hockey on our off day. Well, I didn't have a clue what sledge hockey was.
1: <laughs> I told and you. We go,
0: go, <laughs> yeah, I mean, who would, unless you, you've been there and tried it. But So the sledge is basically a lawn chair on ice skates, and you get these little hockey sticks with essentially nails and crampons sticking at one end and then a blade on the other. And they're, they're short sticks and only a couple feet long. But so you basically use both of your hands to double pull or push yourself around the ice, and you get the puck and you flick it into the net. And you tip over, and you're laughing so hard after 15 minutes of it that you can't even lift yourself off the ice.
1: So <laughs> you'll
0: just have a mass of people giggling on the ice Meanwhile, the Paralympic athletes are just – they look like Gretzky. It is unbelievable. Uh, actually, I think one of the – either the NHL teams or one of the collegiate teams played our U.S. Paralympic team who actually won in Sochi, and I think it was a pretty tight battle, wow. as I remember. It's it's super fun. And all these sports are, are just that way. Um, doing some of the ropes courses – Maybe in a wheelchair versus using your legs and your arms. It's just a different way of doing it, and it's incredible. But, but you know, originally back to your original question, there are amazing outfits all over this country and, and around the world who focus on adaptive sports, uh, whether it be equestrian, whether it be um, liquid sports, or dryland sports, or frozen sports. Um, and, the, and they're run by Phenomenal people that are just pumped on life. Uh, as far as the financing goes, all the different organizations, they have different financing levels. So some, you'll have to pay the whole thing. And some, they've got benefactors, they've got trusts, they've got fundraisers, they do lemonade stands to raise money for their programs. And usually if you're in financial need, they find a way to make it happen. Uh, and then when you get to the elite level, if, if the athletes really accelerate and they go to some national camps, then the funding, it's like being an Olympic athlete. Um, they, they basically pay for your staff, pay for your equipment, pay to travel around the world and crush it. And so, you know, some of our athletes will go ski in New Zealand on the snow in the off season, go to the snow tunnels in Germany and Sweden and go hit glaciers. They'll go do weights and, you know, at the U.S. Olympic, uh, facility, uh, whether it's in, uh, Chula Vista down in San Diego, um, Colorado Springs in Colorado at altitude. So you'll be training next door to, uh, Michael Phelps and go to the cafeteria and you see, you know, this national team or that national team, and they're asking you for advice.
1: Uh, that's really, really neat. What a great opportunity for people. Oh, amazing. Do you have a funny story for us?
0: Funny story. Okay, so my friend, who um, we ended up cooking at the hot springs, he he's a pretty amazing guy, uh, but don't call me handicapped. Right. Uh, so I I didn't know this when I took over the national team job. Uh, he was not handicapped, and I would treat him as such because I was used to, well, holding. The, I was you know used to chivalry. You hold the door for the ladies and. Um, if somebody comes to the table, you stand up. Well, I kind of have that same kind of deal. And I used to get his chair out of the back of the car, the van, when we pulled to a venue and I'd put it together and put it at his door. And he's like, you don't need to do that. I'll grab it myself. So after he said that a couple of times, I'd put it together and fling it across the, uh, parking lot and said, all right, cool. <laughs> we'll meet you inside. And you could look outside and see him crawling across the parking lot going for his wheelchair. <laughs> so that was pretty fun, and and also the guy that I used to guide in Sochi um, in cross country biathlon, we used to go to the, you know, maybe to an after function, and we'd hook him up with uh, with various uh, people, <laughs> and he didn't always know if they were cute, if they were male or female, uh, so that was kind of fun as well.
1: <laughs> That's just henri.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, of course, we'd get it later, I'm sure. They they would definitely get us back.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? I'm just going to be really candid here. I think that people that um, haven't had to face the physical challenges sometimes don't have enough experience working with those who have, and they could use a word of advice on just how to interact with people when there is that little bit of discomfort you know, saying, well, what do I do? This guy's missing a leg or an arm. What do you recommend?
0: You know, it's, it's interesting. Putting, putting somebody in the place is a unique thing because we have our, we have our egos, um, many of us do, and we don't want to be broken and we don't want to be less than. Uh, we don't want to say that, um, that we don't trust in ourselves that much. Uh, one of the things that I did with my athletes, I was coaching uh, elementary aged kids in uh, Biathlon or in uh, Nordic combined, which is jumping and cross country skiing on the cross country days. uh, On occasion, I would show up with all this weird equipment and the kids would look at me and go, what are we doing? I was like, we're doing Paralympics day adaptive day. And so I would um, duct tape the stick to their leg. And so they couldn't bend their knee. I would strap one arm to their chest so they could only use one arm. Uh, I would give them blindfolds and have them guide one another from the front or the rear to to figure out how it was. Uh, I would bring sit skis, and they would push the sit ski around very moderate terrain. And, and through it, you know, at first, you'd have to kind of twist their arm to get them to participate. But by the end, the k- parents are all honking their horn in the parking lot saying, come on, let's go, we got to go, because they just dug it. And and what it did for me as a coach is they had to step outside themselves and figure out how to do it. Right. And for the visually impaired, for the kids with the the blindfold on, they had to figure out, okay, how do I trust Johnny because he was picking on me at school today, and I don't know if we get along that well. Well, they have to, and so he's listening to Johnny, and wow. He got me around that one K loop and I didn't fall down once. Um, but then for the guide, he's, he's, you know, she might think, okay, how do I communicate? Uh, it's a, it's a steep trail. They fell down. Okay. Steep. Let's see. How do I, how do I translate that? Okay. We're going really steep and you're going to have to use a herring bone, which is a certain type of stroke. We're going to go downhill and you can straight run it for five seconds, and then we're going to take a left. Or they drag their pole, and they have a, a, a noise to follow. Uh, one of our it, it, It's awesome to see how they figure out how to guide. And you'll hear them singing songs through the woods because they figure out, I, you know, what you're saying, I don't understand. But if you just sing, I'll follow your voice.
1: <laughs> That's great.
0: And, and uh, it's super, super fun. And, uh, I, you know, I think there's, there's a lot in that. Some of the training days for adaptive programs are, are really fun because they really get you out of your comfort range. You might have, uh, you might have to sit and play volleyball. You might have to sit and play horseshoes, um, you know, things like that. And, uh, you know, it, it breaks apart the ego. It breaks apart the individual elements of what you're doing at that moment in time. And it really adds to your, you know, your life. Okay. What's, What's one? I know that, um, you know, all the staff that comes in, there's a little bit of a learning curve, um, but the, the lessons it brings to you are, are massive. You know, massage therapists might come in, and they're just different muscles, and they're different muscle groups, and they're different ways of re- reacting to the work that's done. Uh, many of our athletes were either born or... You know, within their first five years, they became uh, adaptive athletes. And so they've had 20, 30 years to develop muscle groups that are just different. And they react differently and the positions are different. Um, so one stroke that wa- works for a, an able-bodied athlete might not work for an adaptive athlete. But if the able-bodied athlete looks at the adaptive athlete and uses that, they might go faster. Hmm. So yeah. it's, it's it's neat synergy of... Of shared and and training.
1: Well, I know that there are going to be listeners who want to be a part of that synergy. So if someone wants to guide or to coach, how can they get involved? What would you recommend?
0: I'd recommend, you know, get in touch with U.S. Paralympics. I'd recommend, you know, searching through Yellow Pages or Google, local outfits, Um, some of the big, um, the marathons or some of the Running races, you'll get a lot of adaptive athletes that'll show up. Triathlons, you'll get adaptive athletes that show up. Um, You know, there are a lot of web pages, a lot of events that are going on that you might not know about. There might be two athletes in your town that are involved. And, you know, some of them are professional athletes. They're doing their thing. They don't really want to do it. But the majority of them, they want to share it because, you know, they like fans just as much as anybody else. And... Um, you know, one of our athletes, he's, he's meddled very serious, but when the bib is off and the training is done, he'll spend all the time in the world teaching these people about the equipment, about how to use the equipment, about the the rifle for biathlon, uh, about opportunity. He lives in Texas where there's no snow. So the only racing he does is when we have an event. And so he has to teach the people in the snow world how he trains in the dry world. Wow. And uh, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty amazing stuff.
1: You know, it seems like there's no end of amazing experiences and and amazing stories when you get onto this this topic. Yeah. Very cool.
0: It's very cool. And A lot of these adventure races, they have adaptive groups now, and there there are many world-class um, adventure racers that go to the guiding or go to helping or coaching or volunteering with the adaptive groups, because there's just so much energy and it's a new life for them. Um, and they have this canvas that they can help shape or this clay that they can help shape, I guess you'd say.
1: Neat. So Greg, if our listeners want to find out more information, um, what resources might you have to recommend for us?
0: I think a couple of the the easiest ways, um, grab a computer, get online, um, go to teenusa.org forward slash US hyphen Paralympics. And uh, I know you'll put that on on the blog as well.
1: Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. I'm going to write this down. All right.
0: And so go there and that'll lead you to all the various Paralympic sports. Another great way, we all are, many of us are connected with Facebook. Uh, So on Facebook, there's a group, U.S. Paralympics Nordic. And so facebook.com forward slash U.S. Paralympics Nordic. And that's my organization that I've spent most of my time with Paralympics, cross-country biathlon. And for those also that are listening that don't know what biathlon is, you're cross-country skiing and shooting uh, a rifle. In our case, we use an air rifle for the standing athletes uh, and for the and the sitting athletes. For the visually impaired, we use a, it's an audio rifle, and uh, you get your heart rate up to 180, and then you need to hit five targets that are the size of a 50 cent piece or a uh, nickel, I believe it is.
1: Wow! So you're you're literally shaking from exhaustion and trying to aim at the same time.
0: You're trying to aim and you're trying to shoot between breaths. And you're sweating, and you're freezing, and the wind's blowing, and it is awesome.
1: Wow, that takes and some skill, these
0: folks. They might be way up on the time, and they miss five shots, and they have to do five penalty laps before they get go back out on the on the big course.
1: Wow,
0: it's uh, it's one of the biggest spectator sports, if not the biggest spectator sport in Europe. Um, they get for our world championships. In name that we host, we had 50 million viewers on TV. 50 so it's, million. It's a, and, that, and so that's for able-bodied biathlon, but it's not far apart for Paralympics. The gentleman who won in Sochi uh, most of the events, he sat with uh, Putin at the closing ceremonies. <laughs> so it, it's big time. Uh, Putin went to every one of his races.
1: Wow, and that's he great.
0: was at very few of the Olympic races. So wow, it's, very, it's, very an, cool. it's an exciting sport.
1: Well, Greg, thank you very much for um, illuminating us, letting us know about Paralympics and what it's really like, how people can be involved. It, it's it's a fantastic thing that you've done, and, and we appreciate your time. So will you close us out now with a, a final story?
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've been very fortunate in my lifetime to be, be exposed to this it's uh it's a huge personal growth it's a huge um energy thing it's an amazing thing for my kids to grow up around and seeing these fantastic human beings doing um superhuman feats i'd say uh yeah i'm going to get a little emotional but i think that one of the most amazing things i've seen in this sport is my my dear friend and athlete andy who had uh he was in a humvee and uh it was blown up by a roadside bomb and he lost both of his legs and all his all his uh friends in the humvee mm. and he went from that horrific moment in time to um to us witnessing him on the stand hearing the national anthem and watching our flag raised in honor of his hard work and his dedication, and he's really fast. So um, I think that's, that's an amazing, amazing thing I've done. I've been able to witness.
1: There are few people in the world that can claim as much as that. That is, that is a, an amazing story. Well, Greg, thank you very, very much again for your time today. And uh, for all of our listeners out there, Take a moment to consider how special life is. Take a moment to uh, think about overcoming challenges and how you can get involved to encourage others. And then get out there and have some fun. like to be a guest on a future show just go to adventuresportspodcast.com and click the contact us button